8.47 now. This week's quotes with Jim Bully, business and sports editor for the Career Zhuang Daily, reflecting this week on developments in the United States. Good morning to you. Good morning, Alex. So here's the quote. I thank everyone who supported me and all the volunteers. This was possible thanks to the Korean community's support. I suppose we could be reflecting on a number of developments there, but we're referring to Young Kim after a fantastic election night for her and for her Republicans around her. I mean, she she uh, was part of a, a so-called pink wave of success for women on uh, mid-term election night in the US, but uh, she did so on the Republican side, um, so not part of the blue wave. <laughs> And um, she certainly represents uh, progress for women, but also for those Korean-Americans she was referring to. That's right. So Young Kim became the first ever Korean-American woman, or will be the first ever Korean-American woman to serve in Congress. She's also, I mean, the second, the joint second Korean-American to be elected to Congress. Another Korean-American also uh, one a Democrat um, in New Jersey. They they follow in the legacy of um, the only other Korean American ever to serve in Congress, Jay Kim, who served in the 90s in California's 41st district. So Young Kim, who won the seat for the Republicans in California's 39th district, the first ever Korean American woman. We might reflect a little bit just on this Republican-Democrat divide. Does it matter, that the fact that she's representing the Republicans? Does that suggest that there's a, a greater Republican base among Korean-Americans, or, or do we just not have a clue on that as far as a nationwide picture is concerned? I mean, I, it reflects it reflects the, uh, the district she ran in, I think, rather than the Korean-American community. Um, Young Kim ran in a predominantly Republican uh, seat. She followed Republican Ed Royce, um, who was the chairman of the House Foreign Affairs Committee, into the office, and she used to work for him. I don't think it reflects necessarily the political sort of allegiance of Korean Americans in general, but it probably does reflect the political allegiance of Korean Americans in California's 39th district. The reason I mention is that based on conservative values still here within South Korea, and even more so in the past, when uh, some of those uh, Korean families originally left for the United States, you would expect more sympathy for some of the Republican values. Then again, in more recent times, on ethnicity grounds, uh, things have become a little more complex under the Trump administration. I think it's a fair a fair observation that certainly sort of a typical um, view of Korean Americans is that they tend to be more conservative. It's worth pointing out that California's 39th district actually um, swang for Hillary Clinton in the election in 2016. So it's it's not a completely you know, conservative stronghold. And Young Kim herself, although being you know a strong Republican, does distance herself from Trump on a number of issues, not surprisingly, including immigration. The man she's replacing, Ed Royce, uh, she actually has worked with for some time, hasn't she? So it, it, there's a level of continuity there, despite the uh, records she's breaking in reaching this point. Yeah, exactly. It is, although it's a great thing for Korean Americans, as far as the 39th district is concerned, it's pretty much just a continuation of 
the existing situation. Young Kim worked for Royce for 20 years, uh, right from when he was a state senator and then into Congress. Most recently, she was in charge of community operations and Asian affairs for him. So she's quite a well-known figure within the district anyway. Um, she's, she's been there for a long time and she understands the political situation. Just looking back, because I've heard that name, Ed Royce, quite a few times. Uh, some of his comments, like on North Korea, for example, but quite tough, uh, advocating keeping sanctions and maximum pressure on. For what it's worth, as far as that ties into the Korean-American agenda, if she does represent continuity from Ed Royce, that would very much align with uh, conservatives here in this country as well. Yeah, I think that's true. Um, and I expect, I mean, I don't really know what her position on North Korea is yet, but I expect it can't be too dissimilar um, from Ed Royce, because inevitably, if you if you work very closely with a congressman whose entire platform is based on foreign affairs, like Ed Royce's was, then you have to share some of his opinions. That said, elsewhere in the United States, the other Korean-American who was uh, elected Democrat, Andy Kim, in New Jersey's third congressional district, it tells a very different story. Something we talked about earlier on today's show, South Korea-Japan ties. And, you know, maybe this will have an even more meaningful impact because it's hard to see any individual congressman or woman uh, influencing President Trump on on North Korea. But on an issue like, for example, former so-called comfort women, sex slaves, we have seen Ed Royce being particularly active there, um, commemorating the victims of Japanese sexual slavery. And perhaps that's something that young Kim will continue. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all. There's a, there's a big history in the California Korean American community of, um, of activities to promote the cause of both forced labor and, um, sexual slavery during the war. And I'm sure that's something that young Kim will continue doing, um, while she's in Congress. Uh, on You are talking before about defense issues. The other Korean, Andy Kim, is also a defense um, guy. He's not, he's not actually a political, he's never run for office before, but he was a, during President Barack Obama's administration, he was a civilian advisor to the military in Afghanistan and Iraq, the national security aid. So you've got another person who's definitely interested in defense issues, a Korean-American, but probably from a quite different perspective. Very close, wasn't it, his race, uh, Andy Kim, beating the Republican candidate Tom MacArthur by 49.8% of 48.9%. They had to keep going on counting, didn't they, after like many of the other results were already unveiled? Yeah, and that precinct has still not officially been called. There is still not 100% of the vote counted. It's on 99%. Um, that one's a little bit split because there was a, it was a sort of a three-way race. The, the third-party candidate only took less than 2% of the vote, but it makes it a bit harder to see a very, very clear winner between the two. But um, it's pretty New York Times and other media are certainly happy to call it that. Although the vote isn't fully counted, Andy Kim has won that seat. Is it even more impressive in a way for the Korean-American community, though, that Andy Kim is winning or set to win that particular seat when you consider the overwhelming presence of Asian-Americans where Young Kim has won? I mean, there's certainly plenty of Asian Americans on the East Coast as well, but you're right, in, in California is always where um, Korean elected 
officials on a national level have come from. Um, and it's fantastic that Youngkin was one there, and especially as the first ever female Korean-American, that makes a huge difference. But Andy Kim's um, win, I think, is, is equally remarkable, because as you said, this is the first time that a Korean-American has made serious inroads in New Jersey. Um, you know, and also, he's not a sort of political legacy. Young Kim came up from being a politician's advisor. She was probably well-known within the district. I mean, her job for 20 years has been getting votes for Royce, so that would make sense that it was a kind of a natural successor. Whilst Andy Kim is not that he was a you know this is a professional guy. This is he, he worked. He hadn't been an elected official before now, um, and that I think is is an equally impressive victory for the Korean American community. Yeah, certainly an interesting aspect to the midterms, which understandably haven't drawn all the headlines around the world. Uh, so much to reflect on and unpack, which we've been doing this week, and I'm sure there'll be some more fallout next week as well. For now, thank you very much, Jim Bully. Thank you.